We're talking with Peter Lavinia about a recent letter that was sent to uh, Congressmember Elise Stefanik. Uh, we often have Peter on. He's co-chair of the Green Party of, of New York, but uh, he actually has done some work with Ralph Nader, one of the people who helped draft this letter to Stefanik. And he's also uh, assistant professor uh, at uh, SUNY Oneonta, um, and thought that would be another good perspective to bring in. But basically, this letter urged uh, Elise Stefanik, who I'll acknowledge is now my Congress member, representing the North Country, and the letter urged the Republican to resign immediately for your aiding and abetting genocide of Palestinians in Gaza by voting to send arms to the IDF, uh, Israel Defense Forces, to perpetrate the crime in violation of the Genocide Convention. Uh, the letter also raised Stefanik's role in the ouster of the presidents of Harvard and MIT for allowing pro-Palestinian protests on campus. So what, what and I understand this letter was initially drafted by Ralph Nader, many people know is uh, initially from family from Lebanon and been quite active in the Palestinian issue, and, and Bruce Fine, who's an international human rights lawyer. But, uh, you know, Peter, maybe you could walk us through what, what sort of prompted this letter to to, to Stefanik and to call on her to resign? Uh, it was specifically her actions uh, in front of Congress uh, when she pulled the presidents of uh, MIT, Harvard, um, and uh, uh, why am I Princeton. like that? And Princeton, right? <laughs> no, Penn. I'm sorry, Penn. Penn. Um, in front of Congress, um, and then uh, you know she proceeded to uh, question them and excoriate them about hypothetical students calling for a genocide, um, while she herself is voting to arm uh, Israel and the IDF's uh, actual genocide of Palestinians in Gaza. Um, so. Uh, you know, I think Ralph uh, and, you know, myself, Bruce Fine and others in the district who have uh, signed this letter and, uh, and and sent it to her. Um, we really do believe that what she's doing uh, is is uh, morally repugnant um, and, and what she's doing in terms of freedom of speech on campus is very chilling, um, all the while. Uh, actually voting for and supporting um, you know, terrible loss of human life in Gaza, over 20,000 people dead and, and many millions uh, displaced. And I, I would assume that, Ralph, you, people signed this letter, are basically opposed to the whole principle of, of genocide, whether it's genocide of the Palestinian people or genocide of, of Jewish people or genocide of Armenians or whatever, that genocide is basically a bad idea and one shouldn't be saying, well, it's terrible to say we would support genocide for one group. It's okay to support genocide for another group. Yeah, that's absolutely true. But no one on campuses is calling for for genocide. I mean, this is a you know an argument that we've heard for the last few months. Um, what they are calling for is for the United States uh, to stop arming Israel, which is conducting genocidal actions in Gaza. Um, and supporting, uh, you know, the Palestinian people who are under a constant bombardment um, and attack, uh, and they're conflating support of the Palestinian people um, with, uh, you know, this this alleged uh, call for attacks um, on on the Jewish people, which is not true, um, and and they're using that to suppress pro-Palestinian speech uh, on campuses, which is very chilling. I remember I covered a rally at the state capitol probably a month or six weeks ago at this point, and it was organized by initially by students 
uh, at SUNY Albany, a local DSA chapter at the campus, but also a, a newly formed, I forget the exact title, but Palestinian support group of, of, of people, particularly of Arab descent. And, and they became very nervous uh, as the event came closer that they would perhaps be targeted by SUNY Albany. And, right. and actually the other chapter and a, another ally group were banned uh, from Columbia um, University. Um, so it does seem like most of the, at least by the official tax, has been more been the groups that express support for Palestine rather than groups that express support for, for Israel in this situation. And, you know, you're a professor, uh, and I know you've taught a couple of the colleges here in the Capital District as well as Sunianta. You know, you know, what are college professors feeling this day as, as well as students about their right to, to speak out? Uh, there's a nervousness uh, and and uh, kind of a chilling of the speech on campus. I've seen it with students, uh, you know, here in New York State. Um, you know, you've had students in New York City have the police called on them for tweets uh, about uh, Palestine. Um, and I, on my own campus, I saw students worried about um, expressing open support and faculty as well. One of the things that we saw over the weekend uh, was the Modern Language Association, which is a very large um, professional association for literature professors, about 10,000 people pass a resolution calling on campuses to protect freedom of speech, specifically for pro-Palestinian faculty, students and staff, um, because of the chilling effect that this is having. In fact, there was a professor from the University of Pennsylvania there who spoke of the, um, the, the kind of harassment and doxing that has been going on since September, actually, prior to October 7th. Um, where uh, she uh, helped organize a Palestinian film festival. And then um, that was shut down because um, pro-Israel uh, members of the community thought that it was anti-Semitic. Um, her, her name is Dr. Huda Fakhardin, and she's, uh, it's, it's, it's a case where she says she's having mental anguish because of it. So this is, this is very real. I think that it's, it's a very problematic and, and, and chilling thing that's happening uh, in order to uh, suppress what is, I think, a very large outpouring of support for the Palestinian people. Poll after poll shows that Americans want a ceasefire. They do not want to see what's going on in, in Gaza to continue. And I remember a month or so ago, you know, some, I think actually Professor Emeritus at Union College of Schenectady, I think he actually may have been retired, but the uh, like a Muslim Students Association asked him to come in and give a history of the situation between Palestine and Israel. And that generated a lot of, uh, I guess, community protests. And he was baffled. He says, I I've been teaching this for the last 25 years, and never has this suddenly become, you know, facts should not become politicized. I I I'm just trying to report what's going on. I assume that Congressman Stefanik has not yet agreed to resign. Is that a fair assumption? No, I don't, I don't believe that Congress Congressmember Stefanik has uh, even responded to this letter, even though it's it's been sent to her office uh, at least twice. Now, one of the other interesting things is that the International Court of Justice, which is the United Nations highest judicial body, is actually going to begin uh, hearings uh, within the next week or so in a case brought by South Africa that accuses Israel of committing uh, genocide in, in Gaza. And actually, 
kind of unusual for Israel, who often ignores this particular court. Um, they've actually agreed to participate. I guess they understand that their uh, world reputation is, is pretty low at this moment, and so they want they decide to take the opportunity to sort of um, you know defend themselves uh, be, before the court. Um, you know, what's your feeling about this this court case, and you know, how strong is the case that uh, Israel at this point is actually committing genocide by its, you know, what is it now, twenty thousand Palestinians or more have been killed? And well, I think that there is a, a very strong case that what they're doing is genocide. If you look at the Geneva Conventions, that what they're doing in terms of targeting civilians, um, attacking hospitals. Um, cutting off, uh, you know, electricity, cutting off, um, you know, outside aid from coming in. Um, these are, you know, kind of doctrinal uh, issues uh, when you look at at the Geneva Conventions that lead to genocide, right? I mean, you've got uh, 2.3 million people in Gaza, and and uh, most of them are displaced at this point. Large amounts of women and children targeted. Um, 22,000 people dead. I mean, these are, if you look at, at the conventions themselves, they, these are things that, that that are considered, you know, targeting of civilians um, and then uh, it, it, war crimes at least, and likely because it's against an entire population, um, it's it's a it, it, it's a move towards genocide. And, you know, I think the, uh, you know, Inter International Court of Justice, I think it's a really important case um, because it's going to force uh, the United Nations to uh, actually have, a, a much larger conversation on this on the world stage um, and Israel participating, I think you're right, is because it knows that its standing is very low. It's going to try and make its case. But I don't know where it's going to go because the Security Council would have to rule uh, on it. But, you know, both Israel and, and South Africa are signatories of the Geneva Conventions. Um, they're supposed to not engage in genocidal acts, mm. but also stop other uh, countries who but, are engaging them. But we've been talking Peter Levine, your letter that... Uh, Many constituents are sent to Congressman Sapanek, and this has been Mark Dunley for the Hudson Mohawk Magazine.